Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. I would ask you to stand and we'll put ourselves before the Lord. Father God, I thank you for uh, this morning. I, I thank you for each person here, for who they are and for what you're doing in their lives and such a beautiful congregation. For those watching too, God, bless them. We just pray, Father, for your presence to be real upon us that we would take a hold of what you want to say to us. We thank you that you want to speak. You have a word in season and, uh, and you want to convey to us your heart And I pray, Father, that you would go beyond me, that you would whisper uh, what everyone is in need of. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is here and speaking and alive, and we celebrate the fact, Holy Spirit, that you're here. May you speak and have your way in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we are in the series of DNA, what we believe as a church and, uh, and we're going to be talking about Jesus, a functional Lord. And uh, have you ever been in a season where you find that um, you come to a point and you say, I don't know what to do anymore. I have no more rabbits to pull out of my hat, right? And you say, I, I don't know what to do. And you're kind of a, in a place where it seems like there's a wall or, or there's a cliff. And you say, God, come to my rescue, right? And, and I, I, sometimes I believe God permits, leads us to a place where we're called to surrender and let go. Uh, this Thursday, uh, we were removing or pulling the uh, apples of the tree, of our apple tree, and uh, as we were shaking the tree, uh, apples were falling on the right and on the left, and it was kind of fun with my wife. We had to duck there, be careful not to have an apple on the head. Um, but I, I just had this picture that God was shaking me, and, and, uh, and that he wanted to remove in my life uh, the dead branches, and he wanted to prune me according to John chapter 15. And having this interaction with God after God, what are you up to? I, I want to prune you. I want to change you. And, and uh, I needed to come to a point where I had to say, God, come on, prune me, change me, fashion me. And uh, I believe this is what God wants to do and in my life and probably in yours too. And it's not always comfortable, but the purpose of that, it's to produce fruits, right? And that's the goal and the dream of a follower of Jesus is to produce fruit. Can you tell your neighbor, I want to be fruitful? I want to be fruitful. And we pray this, God, we want to be fruitful. And God says, I'll make you fruitful. I'm going to cut some branches, and it's not fun, but hey, it's so important, right? Um, Micheline and I, we were watching YouTube on Friday, and we, we were looking at um, worship services, and uh, we were watching a worship service in Mississippi, and they were singing the same song as we do, but they had a different swing to it, I got to say. Uh, it was different. It was uh, uh, vibrant. It was it was cool. It was different, different style, but it was it was good. We were watching it and we were in the groove there. It was kind of cool, and uh, it was fantastic. And the beauty of the body of Christ is we find diversity, right? 
It's a good thing that not everybody is like me or and not everybody is like you. It's pretty amazing how God made us differently. Uh, you, you can go to uh, a church where uh, the, the, the worship leader has a banjo, right? And, uh, and, uh, and it's kind of cool. And you hear this guy play banjo and people are all into it and it's so amazing. And, and what I'm trying to say is that there's different style of expression, right? There's different ways of worshiping the Lord. And that's the beauty of the body. Of Christ, where we're all different, and and we um, we, we we experience God in, in in a different way, but we can all experience God. But one of the important factor, or one of the foundational point, when it comes to uh, church, uh, whatever it is, the style that you practice, it's the lordship of Christ. One of the truth, one of the fundamental belief that the church has, it believes that Jesus is Lord. When we look at the resurrection of Jesus. It's pivotal when it comes to our faith. We believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, seating at the right hand of the Father. Amen? And also we know that one day he's going to come on a white horse, and he's going to come as a victorious Messiah. He came as a suffering Messiah once, and we celebrate the fact, we celebrate the cross because we are made new because of the cross. But we're also looking with anticipation to his return where he's going to come with the sword at hand on the white horse. And he will separate the sheep and the goat. And meanwhile, what we're called to see is to see the lordship of Jesus in our lives. And to see Jesus as Lord in theology, it's great because we need to believe that as a church, as our dogma, as, as a foundational truth that Jesus is Lord. But what we want to see, it's not to see just Jesus or to see the expression Jesus is Lord. But what we want to see, it's to see Jesus be a functional Lord. Well, it's easy to say that Jesus is Lord, but to see Jesus of my life, it's a little, little harder, right? When it comes to my attitude, when it comes to my wants, when it comes to dealing with my hurts, when it comes to doing life, business, uh, treating others, loving others, uh, forgiving, forgiving others, it's not always easy. When it comes to salvation... We understand that well. You give your life to Jesus, you surrender your life, he comes in, you become a Christian. But when it comes to the lordship of Jesus, it's linked to surrender, it's linked to letting go, it's, it's, linked, it's linked to giving him room, and at the same time, let God change you. And it's not always easy, right? And so what we want to see as a church, and what I want to see in my life, is I want to see God be this, uh, this Lord over my life. I don't want him to be a figurehead. And, and so it's very important for us not to be caught where, where we see Jesus as a figurehead. If you look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, it, sa it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything... He might have supremacy. So we don't really have a problem with that. We understand that he is the head of the church, that he is the first in all, that he is the alpha and the omega. But at the same time, what I want to see, it's to see him being Lord over my life. And what I don't want him to be is a figurehead. And uh, the figurehead is the opposite of, of, of authority. A figurehead is a person who is head of a group or company, etc., entitled but actually has no authority or no responsibility. One of the examples of that that we have in our country is a general, uh, the governor general. 
I don't know if you're familiar with how it works at uh, House of Common. You've got the Governor General. Actually, uh, her role, uh, because uh, she is Mary May Simon, she was appointed by the Prime Minister not too long ago. And uh, what her role is, is to represent the Queen in Canada. But she's just a figurehead. She doesn't really have any authority. Uh, at one point, the General Governor uh, the governor general, I always get the, 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 I always call the general governor. I'm influenced by my French culture, I guess. But um, the governor general had authority, but not anymore. What she does basically now is ceremonial duties. And uh, so she's just a figurehead. She has no authority, but she plays the role of, uh, or, or she, she plays the role of the queen in Canada. Then you have also, I don't know if you're familiar with the mass. It's kind of a, a golden club. If you want to show that, have you ever seen that, that thing, that club? Uh, what happened is that when that club is in parliament, well, people are allowed to speak. And when the club is not in that room, they're not allowed to talk anymore. It happened in Britain, in Britain, in Britain where uh, an MP didn't like the conversation that was happening. So what he did, he ran, he picked up that, that stick, and he ran out of the house, and then no one could talk. I thought it was pretty funny, right? Um, but that thick, that, that thick, that stick has authority. It's there, and when people, uh, when it's there, people can talk. And if it's not there, they were not allowed to talk. So that stick represented the, the authority of the king. So the king gave the right for conversation and dialogue or whatever topic, on whatever topic. But when that wasn't there, they were not allowed to talk. You also have the, uh, the picture of the black, uh, the, the black stick or the black rod where um, when the, when the uh, governor general is called to give her speech, she arrives in the room or before she arrives in the House of Common, uh, what happened is that as she's coming in, they close or they slam the door in her face. And then this guy that carries this black rod has to knock on the door three times. And then they open the door and then she's able to come in. And that's what's, what this symbolizes. It symbolizes that the queen has no authority. That if the house of common opens up, it's because they want to, not because they have to. And so that's kind of the picture of how it works today. But in the old days, when, when she would come in as the uh, governor general, she represented the queen. It's like the queen was there. And so why am I saying this is that sometimes when it comes to our faith, we can or we, uh, or we get caught or we believe or we live like Jesus is a figurehead where we believe in him, but he has no authority in our lives. And I think it's important for us to, uh, to realize that when it comes to Jesus as Lord, we need to realize that he wants to be a functional Lord and not a figurehead. And so as we move forward and as we walk ahead, we need to realize that God doesn't want just to be uh, invited or he doesn't want just to be uh, on the sideline. He wants to be pre present in our lives. So we don't want to see Jesus as a figurehead. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I don't want to be a product of my culture. I want to be under his lordship. And that's, like I said, it's not easy. To do, to do things under his lordship is not easy. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't want to do what's right and, and you're doing it, but you're doing, like this, you're doing it like this, like, don't want to do it, right? 
You don't want to do it, but you do it because you have to, but you don't want to do it. And did, did, have you find yourself in places where there's things you got to do, but you don't do it because you don't feel like it, and finally you don't do it because you let the eye take control of your life and you're not doing what you're supposed to do? Like sometimes in, when it comes to coming under the lordship of Christ, it's not easy. Like when you ask forgiveness or when you do show mercy or grace to someone that doesn't deserve it, or when Jesus says, love your enemy, it's not natural to love your enemy. It's not natural to show forgiveness to someone that offended you. But it's not a question of what I want. It's not a question of how I feel. It's not a question of what I, I, I desire. It, it's for me to come under Christ and realize that Jesus wants to be a functional Lord in my life. What happens in many occasions, everything is fine when everything is fine. But when things do not go well, what do I do? Do I let Christ rule me? And will I live like Christ wants me to, to live? And it's not going to be easy. It's going to... It's, there's going to be a fight inside of you. You will want, want to move forward. It's going to take all the energy. It will. But what are we going to do? Are we going to just keep this boiling in our hearts? Are we going to let that eat us inside? Or are we going to do what's honorable? Are we going to do what pleases God? So it's very important for us to, to realize that to have Jesus as a functional Lord, it's not an easy thing, but it's an it's a necessity because it was planned to be like that, right? So, so when you look at, I got a verse I want to read to you. I think it's fantastic. It's in Psalm 56, verse 13. It says, For he have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. That I may walk before God in the light of life. The Latin version of the Bible, the Vulgate, will, would, read, would read, Caram Dio. And you look at this statement of Koram Dio, it's been in the history of the church. And what it means is before the face of God. It's to live life before God. And to, to, live, to live under God, um, to live under God uh, a life is to, to realize that God is there when you do life. I remember when I was younger uh, and um, I would go for a family, uh, like a family trip with, with my parents and I would sit in the back and it would be sunny and you leave, and it's sunny, and as you're traveling, it seems like the sun follows you, eh? And when you're a kid, you don't really get, you don't really get it. You just say, well, the sun follows me. How come? He should stay there because I'm going forward. But he comes along. Eh? Or you travel in the night or in the evening, and the moon follows you, and you say, how come? It follows you, right? And we know that it's because it's bigger than us, right? But when you're a kid, you don't really understand it. But when it comes to my walk with Jesus, he's always there. He's always following me. And I need to live life like I'm doing life before him all the time. And that is to see Jesus as my functional Lord. It's to realize that he is always there. And there's four, um, four thoughts I'd like to share to you when it comes to Karam Dio uh, this morning. The first one is to do, it's to do life conscious of his presence. To do life conscious of his presence. Meaning that I'm called to trust God. To trust in his lordship. It's the trust in his lordship. So if he's the Lord over your life, is he worthy of your, uh, or is he, should he be trusted? If, he, he, if he's Lord, listen to this. If he's Lord over your life, can you trust him? If you submitted your life to him, can you trust him? Absolutely you can trust him. 
So when we believe that Jesus is my functional Lord, what I believe is that he's going to care for me because he's my Lord. He's going to watch over me. He's going he's to be there for me. Like he said, I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. He also said, I will be with you until the end of all ages. So I know, I know one thing is that my functional Lord is with me. So whatever happens, whatever I go through, I know he's there by my side. So that brings tremendous peace, right? It brings deep joy in my heart to know that I'm not journeying alone. I'm not alone in this life, even though seasons are tough. Even though there's some challenges, I need to see him as my Lord. And as he is my Lord, he watches over me and he cares for me. And that's what he wants to be and that's what he wants to do. I like what it says in Micah, Micah chapter 7, verse 7. As for me... I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. And this is why we go in prayer. It's where we put our trust in God, and this is where God intervenes. And I like what Micah says. As for me, and it's a choice I've got to make, it's a choice that you have to make, where you say, God, I will look to the Lord for help. I will look to my Lord for help. I know that he cares for me. I know that he, um, that he wants the best for me. So what I do, I trust in him. I rely on him. And it's so, so important for us to see that, right? So I don't want to see pride come in the way where I can do it on my own. I don't want to be caught by guilt that says I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I, I need to come to him. To have Jesus as your functional Lord is that you trust in him in the situation you are today. You just trust. And the world doesn't have that. We often say, when it comes to people that don't believe in Jesus, and many times we say, oh, wow, we're so thankful for Jesus. We, we say a lot of that when it comes to death, and it's so true, because we have a destiny with the Lord. But when it comes to doing life, to see Jesus as a functional Lord in your life, wow. You can walk with peace in your heart. You can have peace in your bones. Can you say that to your neighbor? In your neighbor? In your bones. In your bones. I can, I can have peace in my bones. I really can. I really can. So Jesus is my Lord means that he's going to watch over me. He's going to care for me. Secondly, karamdio also means to live under the authority of God. You live under the authority of God. Who's in charge of my life? Who's running the show? When I do business, is he at the table with me? I like to say at the partnership class, it's like you invite Jesus in your house and, or you invite Jesus in your life and he comes in, in the kitchen, in the living room, and you're so excited to have him in the kitchen, right? Because you're giving him your garbage, right? Or the thing that stinks and he, and he cleans your counters, countertop and all the junk on the countertop. You're so excited. He sets you free. There's no more smell anymore, you know. It makes years that you never got the trashes out. And, it's, and he cleans that mess. You're so pumped about that, right? Praise the Lord. And then you're having devotion with him. And he says, hey, son, want to take a walk in the basement? Well, Jesus, we got a deal. You stay in the upstairs. The, the, you stay on the main floor. The basement is mine. And he says, let's take a walk in in the attic. No, Jesus, hey, that's the deal. Like you, I give you this, and I'm keeping this. 
And sometimes that's how we live our lives, right? We live this, with this compromise. We say, Jesus, I'm so happy that you, that you took away my, my junk. And sometimes we use Jesus in this way. We say, well, thank God for taking my junk, but we're not willing to let go of the attic or the basement. And this is where the struggle comes. Because whatever, listen to this, whatever is in the attic and whatever is in the basement will come on the main floor one day. You get this? Whatever in this, is in the basement and whatever you don't deal with, whatever you try to be lord over on your own will come on the main floor. And whatever the floor, whatever the main floor was, it will be. Because that's where the spiritual battle comes. And the only way there's light in the full house is when there's lordship. When you give it to Jesus, when you surrender to him, when you confess your sin, when you admit that you need him to come and wash you, where I'll talk about that in a moment, but where you realize that you need his lordship, not only in the, in, in the kitchen, in the living room, but also in the basement and also in the attic. It's so important when I'm telling you today, it's so important in the time that we live in today, that the lordship of Jesus is central. Like we might believe in the lordship of Jesus, but we need to see that in practice where Jesus has the last word in my life, where he dictates things my life, where I don't own myself, I own, everything is owned by him, whatever I have, who I am belongs to him. I know it doesn't happen overnight, I know that it's not just a, a, by a snap of the finger, it's a journey, but I want to find myself in this journey. I want to see God transform me and make me more and more like him, and that should be our desire or, or longing, because if we want to see the lordship of Christ in our life, there's a need for surrender. It's to obey the word of God in season or out of season, not according to my preference, but to say, God, I'm coming under you. Like I say, sometimes we do, uh, it's, it, it's, it's with screaming and kicking. It's not because we want to do it willingly, but we do it because we have to, because we honor the king and we surrender to him. And there's going to be fruits of that. When you let Jesus, when you let God prune you, there's going to be fruits of that. you got to remember that, that when you choose to surrender to his lordship, there's going to be tremendous transformation. But if, that, if there's not a desire to come under the, the lordship of Jesus, I'll stay the same. So when I see myself stay the same year after year, year after year, it's because Jesus is not, is not lord of aspects in my life. So I want to see the lordship of Jesus. Thirdly, karambio means to live to the glory of God. It, it, it talks about focusing for his, to live for his honor and his glory. If there's a topic we talked about in GMC for so many years, because for me it's kind of my life's message, um, it's to live a life of purpose and significance. I remember being a teenager, and I didn't shine some, like other kids. I didn't like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this today. I was shy. I was timid. I was a star in the sky, but that did not shine very much or did not shine like other stars. And I remember seeing myself being, I, I, I don't know what, I, I want to be a pastor. I want to be, I want to serve you, God, but I don't have what it takes. But I, I know one thing I caught when I was 17 years old is that I want to live a life of purpose. I want to live a life of significance. And for me, that's the most important, th important thing. All the other stuff is secondary. It's not about eloquence. It's, it's not about IQ. It's not about all the things that you think you should need. It's about wanting to make a difference. 
And God has called us to make a difference. And if you place yourself before God with whatever you have in your hand, he's going to multiply it. You may have a few fish, a few loaf of bread, or you may have a staff. And God glorifies himself for no weaknesses. But one of the things that we need to realize when it comes to the lordship of Jesus, it's to be on the mission or to be in the mission that he's on. Like, for example, you look at the seasons that we're in, and we're seeing the storm, or we're seeing, uh, we, we're, we're seeing things fall in place. Meanwhile, what I'm called to do, I'm called to be busy in the things of the kingdom. I'm called to be his hands. I'm called to be his lips. I'm called to be a vessel, a vessel that he flows through. So when it comes to Quran deal, it means to live for the glory of God. I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. He says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home, in the body, or away from it. And so he knows that he might die tomorrow. He doesn't know what's going to happen. But he says, I'll make it my goal to please him. I'll live for his fame. I will live for his glory. All that I have, God, I want it to be a praise to you. I want to honor you by how I live. And that is part of the lordship of Christ in our life, where we, we focus on him. It, I do understand that we're not perfect, but it's not about perfection. One of the things we need to do uh, on a daily basis is to adjust our sight. How am I going to see this day? How am I going to treat people in front of me? All the time, it has to be adjusted. It has to be adjusted all the time. It's like a, an instrument that needs to be tuned. I need to be tuned. I need to be tuned by God every day when I start to stay. God, ha, huh, give me... Your fresh perspective. What do you want me to, to, to do today? How do you want me to value the person I will meet today? And I need to see that happening in my life because this is how Jesus lived. So I, I want to live for the glory of God. My last point this morning when it comes to Jesus as functional Lord, it's to be befriended by Jesus. Actually, when I was preparing, this is what really hit my heart. The thought that Jesus wants to befriend me. Just if I can have your attention. Jesus wants to befriend you. He wants to befriend you. Think about that. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to empower you. He wants to reveal himself to you. I think this is so deep. It's so life-changing. You, you find in the, in the book of Revelation that Jesus is knocking at the door of the church. He wants to come in and, and he's out. He's out of, of the house. He's out of the church. That would be pretty awful, eh? That you are a church, and Jesus is knocking on the door of the church, and he wants to come in, and all that you do, really, it's about him, but he's not in the house. Ah! But what Jesus is saying is that he wants to befriend me. He wants to be with me. And the only way, if you remember something of what I've shared this morning, I want you to hear this. The only way... I can see Jesus as a functional Lord in my life, in yours. This is where I could have a drum roll. Is when you soak in his presence. The only way that you can see Jesus be a functional Lord in your life is when you soak in his presence. I, I, I like to give this illustration that I use many occasions. I think this, the first time I used it, is when I was 19 years old in one of my first messages many, many moons ago. And I remember, like, giving this example. I was talking to a small congregation, 
in a, in a lion hall where it smelled booze because they had a party uh, the, the night before. And I was competing with the noise of the radiator that was uh, so noisy. And I remember taking this, it was, I had a bigger, a bigger, I, smaller is better in this case, right? And so uh, I remember giving this illustration and I realized that in this season even more, it's still the same message. And I can live my life like this. I might be aware of God and I know what to say. I know what song to sing. I know what to answer. And, you know, I've got the Christian cliche in the, my back pocket. But I'm totally empty. I'm totally empty. You know, I might be all surrounded by God, but I, I've got a bit of water in, but it's all full of air. All full of me. And I can't see the Lordship of Jesus this way. It's impossible. When I talk about soaking in his presence, it's, it's so necessary, guys. I don't know how to convey to you how that is so important. I cannot be like Jesus if I don't soak in his presence. When I talk about soaking, what does it mean? It means that you take time with them. And there's no one, two, three. There's no method. It's you relating to him and being there long enough that he fills you, that he speaks to you, that he changes you in the inside. It has to happen. And that's the key thing. We live in a busy world, and we think that we can change things on our own, but I've got a bad news and a good news. The bad news is you can, can't, but God can as you soak in his presence. If I'm distant from him, it's not going to work. Like my marriage, my relationship, my work, it's not going to work. It's, it's going to come short. But when you're found in him, when you're wed of his presence, you'll never be the same. You know, you, you will not, like, I, I like what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 10. It's not, it's not going to be on the back. It says, so remove vexation from your heart. I was having this talk with the Lord. Remove vexation from your heart. Vexation is like anger, bitterness, frustration. You know your vex vexation, right? The only way you can remove vexation from your heart, it's in his presence. The more you do it, the more you go, the freer you become, the lighter you become. It's necessary. I'll talk on prayer next week. It's, a, I guess, a, a stepping stone for that. But it's so necessary. If I share my heart to you, has to happen in my life. It has to happen in my life. I, I don't want to be like this. Actually, I'm tired of just being half full or just trying to fix things. That's why I was before my apple tree. God, I don't have any more rabbits to pull from, from my hat. It's okay, Claude. Stop pulling rabbits from my hat, from your hat. Soak in me. Dwell in me. Take the time to dive in me. And so necessary. Because if not, culture will shape me. People will shape me. But I want Jesus to shape me. It's his lordship that I need. 
And the only way I can see the lordship of Jesus is when I let him in, when I experience him in my life. It changes everything. It's so necessary, especially today. It has always been important, right? Like I said, sometimes you have to come to a point where there's no other way but him, right? But I challenge you this morning with all my heart that we would not have Jesus as a figurehead where we use him when we want, but that we would have him as our functional Lord, that he, will, that he would rule me and have his way in my life. So my, my prayer for you this morning is that, that you would surrender your life, that you would invite him to wash over you, and that you would say, hey, God, I commit spending time with you. I need you like never before. And I believe if I do that, if you do that, if we do this, it's going to influence people around us. We will not be the same. People will look at us and say, hey, they've been with Jesus, like they said about the disciples. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.